Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Men deserve toys, too. Manly toys. With Goat Guns, we turned historical firearms into accurate miniature gun models. They are one-third the scale and less than one-tenth the cost. Our die-cast metal models come with intricate working parts so you have something to fidget around with during those work calls. Have a little fun and start your gun model collection today at GoatGuns.com. All right, welcome to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. This is the podcast where I speak to bands and musicians and artists about 
how they've survived over the years, whether that's meant they've worked a bunch of other jobs, whether that's meant they've worked no other jobs, but managed to survive. Those are the stories that I want to get. This week, we've got a few Australian bands on the show. Yesterday, we had Amy Taylor from Amel and the Sniffers. Later this weekend, we'll have Tyler from Luca Brasi. And today, we have Toby from Skeggs. Thank you so much for listening. This is the 116th episode. Loads to go back to. Quite a few in front of me. Cheers to everyone who's keeping up with this. East London Signature Brew have been making beers since 2011 with bands like Mastodon, Idols, Sports Team, Hot Chip, and a whole bunch of other amazing bands. If you go onto their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, you can get some of those beers delivered directly to your door. And with the voucher code 101podcast, all capital letters, you can get 10% off that order. That's UK only. Skeggs have just rescheduled their tour to early next year. I just read that just now. You can go and buy and listen to their new album, Rehearsal, everywhere. That's what we start talking about because it got to number one in the Australian charts. Hope you enjoy the chat. Go well. Cheers! Toby, thank you so much for, for being up for this. I mean, oh, you just had a number one album. How does that feel now? Yeah, it was really, it was good, hey. Uh, <laughs> I was pretty stoked on that. I, I fucking couldn't believe it, actually. What kind of person are you to, you know, how would how how did you celebrate that? Um, Pretty low-key, you know, like uh, I just, we, I was actually out in my boat, like fishing with some friends and then um, our manager, our manager messaged me and was like, yeah, you got the, you beat Justin Bieber or some shit to be the number one. And I was like, fuck, that's so bizarre. And then we just drove back on the boat and then I went straight to the pub and had a beer. And then, um, yeah, and then I just had some beers at, at home and then went to a mate's house. But then did that, con- did, did that sort of like continuously for a few days. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how do you, you know, do you identify as a musician i know that's like a weird question to ask but you know how do you identify yourself in that sort of way um yeah like never really have done that like uh you know i don't often have to identify myself you know like <laughs> to anyone right, but uh right. um i don't know i think i've i guess maybe just as a creative person um cuz playing punk rock it's always going to be like a subversive thing it's always going to be a thing where like fun is the foundation yeah once we did an interview and the guy was like why are you doing this or whatever he seemed to like not actually not fuck with our band at all he was kind of seemed off it (laughs) i was like oh we do it for fun and he's like oh yeah just for fun and i was like oh yeah i'm like sort of just like yeah that's why why do why else would you do it like i didn't it didn't occur to me that people would have ulterior motives other than like you know being creative is fun like making music's fun playing gigs is for real fun um Actually, like looking back, like at the time, I was like just r- really tripped out that someone would ask that. Um, like his reaction seemed that not the like I was saying the wrong answer or something. But um, I guess other people there are you know, no wrong answers, right? Nah, for sure. But looking back at it, like it does make sense now that like people, you know, some people just do fucking shit for like weird reasons, like um, uh, you know, like people do shit to try and get like notoriety even when it's not something they like doing i didn't realize that back then maybe a bit naive or like um 
what, what's another reason? Other people are like way more serious about it, you know. It's just it's yeah. could just be uh, like an internal thing, or you know, people have got music. tuners at their first gigs. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, definitely didn't have a tuner for a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that's what this podcast is about. Is that kind of? I suppose it's about that moment or that time where you might be you might have toured for a few years. And you've been able to get away with it for whatever reason, because you've been, you know, had a couple of jobs on the side and then like getting to that moment where you're like, oh fuck, you know, do I, is this a decision that I have to take or does it make a decision for me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, for me, it, it, it took over, like took over what I was doing, um, playing, playing music, I kind of. Because before I um, played in the band, and I still do this sometimes, like I made make um, videos and surf surf videos and stuff like that. So oh, great, but then it's because I had to travel a lot to do that, or it just it's just very time consuming. It, it a couple of years ago, I just sort of stopped doing it all together and then just focusing on the playing in the band. But um. and that that almost mm. seems to me like growing up liking skateboarding. You, you know, I've sort of you sort of read about, you know, how people become filmers and, you know, end up sort of going it, you know, from a hobby to a part-time thing to a full-time thing. That's your, like your social circle as well. Right. I mean, that's something that you do almost, almost seems like a full-time job, that kind yeah. of hobby thing when it's, and then it turns into, you know, you might get paid for a few times. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, it was, it was actually, I kind of, had, it was pretty much a job for me. Like it, it turned into, it did, was like a passion thing. And then I did some independent shit, you know, like made my own videos. And then I ended up getting, getting jobs and like contracts to work for companies and stuff. But, um, yeah, but I was lucky enough to like, for when I was doing that, I just, um, made a lot of good friends and, you know, and even some like Noah that who used to be in the band he, when we mm. first started for a, for a little while, he was one of my friends that was, that I was like, uh, filming and um putting in my surf videos and it was all kind of at the at the very start it was all sort of intertwined heaps of my friends we'd go on tour with and they all play music and shit as well even even still like that's that's like um something that um I still do you know last year I made a surf movie for um my I have like a surf accessory company as well and and we, my friends like that are a part of the company and the, the team of the the surf brand, they um, all record recorded um, the soundtrack for the whole film, and then we just like Sick. pressed a vinyl the other day and then put that out. So it's all kind of like oh you know, man, yeah, self sustainable. Yeah, it was just that same um, ethos as when I started. You know, bands become become bigger, but um still have still do the shit for the same reasons so any other right. um little things like that that i get to collaborate with on my uh, with my friends i'm always down to do it what's the surf accessory company called it's called rage and did that start off with you know a simple idea yeah it, it did yeah it started because a lot of my friends were um sponsored surfers but they all rode for different companies and would get sent on trips and stuff, uh, um, you know, like, but then we would hardly ever have time to hang together or a good enough reason to hang out together. So we started the mm. 
company. So, and we make like surf hardware. So, you know, it's kind of a, none, none of them had sponsors for that. And then we could all, um, we could all do trips together and just make, you know, make videos and, and hang out. Great. <laughs> yeah. Starting a company to hang out more with your mates is yeah. the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> That's fucking cool. People always say there's that thing where they say you shouldn't go into business with your friends or whatever, but I don't. Re- I don't. I reckon it's fun. I just like collaborating with people on a, on anything that I think that's the funnest thing, you know. So as if you want to fucking collaborate with a bunch of strangers or people that aren't your friends, I think. Totally. I mean, at least you've got like a well, hopefully a kind of honesty about it you know where if something's not a good idea then that's totally cool you know i mean no one's gonna get offended or anything like that i get that i get that that's a challenge for sure but um yeah you gotta just be mature about it i think yeah there's still times where i'm like oh fuck fuck old mate fuck um old mate (laughs) that's that's my mate that i'm you know but like we're good enough friends for it to to (laughs) to not be like you know know that know that it's petty you know yeah and after like after 48 hours you're cool (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, for sure, most definitely. I mean, growing up in Byron Bay, what kind of, what you know, what kind of options did you have, you know, when you were leaving school? I did, I, I live around the Byron area now, but I I have I've only lived here for about ten years. Before that, I I grew up on the south coast of New South Wales. Oh right, what's ha- what town was that? Uh, town like uh, near Sussex Inlet, a town called Barara. It's like a really right. small town. Um. But yeah, that's where I grew up, and um, there's not heaps of stuff to do around there, like for, with music and shit like that. So um, I eventually moved up here to sort of do that. But yeah, straight out of school, I worked at the local surf school, teaching like tourists how to surf and whatnot. Then I ended up working like for my dad. He has like has a warehouse and a he has a surf comp- a surf accessory company as well. I worked there for like five or six years. Um, oh, nice. Or, or maybe longer. Maybe I worked, worked there for like seven or eight years. I can't remember. But um, <laughs> that's funny to not remember like five years of my life. But um, <laughs> uh, and anyway, that was and then, on the south coast, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mate, um, Brett, who plays in a band called June Rats, he – he lived in Barara as well, and we were playing in bands. And um, I came up here, and uh, as when I was starting to get into um, filming and um, surf, filming surf stuff. Um, and I just dropped in here and went to some gigs and had a real fun time. And then when I came back, I told Brett that we, if we were living up here, we'd, we'd, it'd be like a sick alternative, other than moving to a city to. Um, you know, to be around creative people and like-minded weirdos. So, um, yeah, so we ended up doing that. Um, we were playing in a band, so we were just sort of, that was the sort of like a leap of faith moment where we just came up here and, um, yeah, just kind of went, had a crack at it, went for it. You were playing in a band together, were you? Yeah. Um, yeah, we played in a bunch of bands growing up. Like, because me, me and him, you know, there's... um. There's, I don't even know the population of the town we grew up in, but it couldn't be more than a couple hundred. Um, yeah, so it was, you know, we had to make up different bands <laughs> to, to keep the scene alive. <laughs> the one we're playing in, I don't even want to say what it is, actually, in case someone finds it, but yeah, yeah. we bounced around. 
I think there's a lot of pressure. I know I felt it when I was 17, 18, because I knew I loved playing yeah. in punk rock bands. I knew I loved going to punk rock shows and being around, you know, like you said, sort of like-minded weirdos that wanted to have fun. And there's that there was a massive pressure. It was like, well, I, you know, I don't want to move to the wrong town. I don't want to move to the wrong city. And I think a lot of people have that. Yeah. Um, it was the, it's a, it was the first time I'd um, lived out of home. I, we just moved into a friend's g- garage. I think I was 19 or something. But um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I liked, I don't know. I never really felt much pressure. Like as long as we, I'd be able to like, you know, have enough money for food and, we used to like go busking yeah. and shit even back like just to we'd we'd busk like just enough to buy beers. Sounds like real hobo style. Eh? Was there that kind of culture in Byron that you could busk whereas in the town you grew up you you know you wouldn't Oh yeah, there'd be no one to walk past you to to busk to. But um the <laughs> in Byron, yeah, definitely big hippie well it used to be. Now it's kinda like a bit of a yuppie zone, but um it used to be like real just yeah i mean fuck I, we only did it like three times it was just enough to buy longies and brett's like a way better guitarist and he would sing and shit like i'd more just be sitting there like playing fucking chords and then just going halves and buying beers and shit great and you were pretty easy about you know what was going on in front of you there wasn't too much stress or it was no stress because there was no expectations or anything um we were just trying to get gigs we ended up getting yeah. a few gigs and playing you know we'd play at the like open mic night and we won that a couple of times and you get like some money um yeah um no i was we were not really never really back in those early days of like you know first just being out on my own never um really felt much pressure or even fucking until recent years the last couple of years i've never really felt like um with music anyway that there's um, you know, an expectation. We didn't realize that, yeah. that there would be that. It's pretty annoying. Was there like a was there a punk rock scene that you sort of found? Um, yeah, there was like yeah, there was the, around. There was a big sort of like garage kind of scene, like you know, not big, but there was probably like five or six bands, all kind of into yeah, like punk garage sort of rock and roll shit you know it was sort of when that was yeah. becoming alive again after you know the end of um whatever what do they call that decade like you know the 2010s or whatever the end of that there was insane oh, to be yeah. much rock and roll going on except you know well in australia at least you know there was not much going on at that time i guess there was like the strokes and stuff in in the states like that indie shit. that was kind of in there but um other than that, there wasn't that much that was appealing to young people in Australia. And then there was a lot of new bands coming through, coming up that um, I reckon got uh, got a lot more people excited to start bands. And yeah, but ev- ever since I was a little kid, I was always into. We had our own little punk scene, like in where I grew up on the south coast, and we used to catch the train up to Sydney and go to all ages shows in the days and in the in the daytime and sneak into pubs and do all that good shit um that was what got me yeah, into great. into one into music in the first place but that was when i was in high school when i was like be, from 14 to to 17 that was like a big 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 deal for me i played in a punk band and um yeah we would uh play at the local pub even though i wasn't old enough to go in there they'd still let us play <laughs> 
um yeah we, yeah you know have house parties and it, there was probably like even a bunch of friends from school like there was like four bands we everyone had a band and we'd just go um you know to each other's little towns and play because I went to school in a place called Nara that's like you know it was an about an hour on the bus and then my friends lived like 40 minutes from there but like in another direction so if I wanted to go to their house it was over an hour over an hour away so that was like a whole different that's area mad. yeah I can't believe how much time I must have fucking just spent sitting on the bus maybe that's why I like um <laughs> that like sort of early like 90s punk shit like so much because my fucking discman was like just getting so flogged just like listening to the same 10 out i remember i had the cd case with only like 10 would fit only 10 cds i'd swap them out with ones at home but you know you just wouldn't sometimes for like six months and you just realize how much you used to listen to the same music every day so different now i know i know right what were your main ones have you any standouts from that i used to love like I still do, but like a Australian punk band called Frenzel Rom. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then just, you know, bad religion, no effects, all that kind of stuff. That's what I used to listen to heaps. I listened to Jawbreaker for like two years straight yeah. on the bus to school. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it's it's funny. I mean, looking back then, do you reckon that's like, you know, it must have had a pretty profound effect on the way that you write? Yeah, definitely. It's like actually kind of a curse. I can't fucking get it out of my out of me eh? i don't want to sometimes i try to write, write like a different song and it still always comes comes you know not that my songs aren't even really like you know there's a lot of them that aren't punk songs but they're when they're written <laughs> written they're kind of they definitely are and have the same format but i don't know i reckon it's i mean for me a lot of like a lot of it when you when you boil it down you know you can write any kind of um like melody and you know it can become like a pretty garagey pop song yeah for sure most definitely yeah i mean so so when you got up to byron you know how how many years do you reckon you were like you know f- fucking around there i mean did look in hindsight was it was it like growing pretty quickly oh no nah. no no not not at all like um <laughs> the ba- the band that we moved up there in there to, um to play in like our drummer actually didn't even show up so that we were a three piece and then he just didn't he ended up not coming so brett and i would just he would loop the guitar loops on his um on guitar he's like so talented and shit he'd loop the guitar riffs then he'd play the drums and then he'd sing and then like tread on the guitar riffs like when it was time to go and i'd just be (laughs) playing the two string bass like you know singing a little bit here and there but um Brilliant. That worked sometimes, but then if we were too drunk to like fucking work at the timing and stuff, it was just a bloodbath of shitty noise. So that band <laughs> and these were the open open mic nights. Oh, uh, the open mic nights. We didn't really get the drums. Like we'd just like play guitars and stuff. But um, this was just at a few house parties and um, yeah. But I started doing more like um, um, video stuff. And then Brett ended up playing in another band called Bleeding Knees Club. And then um, they right. were sort of popping off a bit. And then, before, you know, before too long, he was um, touring the world with them. So, and oh, I was fuck. just happy for him. And I was, like, happy enough just doing videos. And I just figured, like, you know, if I was able to, like, pay the rent doing that, then I should just keep doing that, you know. And because I'd always played in bands, none of them had ever really done anything that, you know, would be enough to ever pay the rent and shit. So 
I think I still played in bands actually. I just played b- bass in a friend's band, but um, it was more just like you know on the weekends and stuff. It wasn't like what I was trying to pursue anymore. And then it wasn't until maybe I'd be, lived in Byron for maybe four or five years, and then Benny ended up moving in with um with me, and then him and um Johnny were playing. I didn't know Johnny, but I went to a few of like their gigs. I was playing as a two piece, and then that's when I ended up joining um, Skeggs. They were called the Single Fins back then, but um, yeah, that's when I joined, and then we started just playing up and down the East Coast. Um, was was that a jump in itself to you know play gigs that up and down the East Coast? Yeah, kind of like um to have like a whole run, you know, like a whole run of shows was was new to me because I, other than that I just did like one-off gigs but um I thought yeah. Benny's songs were like so good and um that it would be worthwhile like doing it you know the first yeah. song like the the first song I heard that I was like oh wow that's um a really good song was um when they were playing LSD at a house party which is like still our most popular song and I was like, "Whoa!" I just wanted to make the video for it to, to um, to that song. So my theory yeah. was like, if I make a video for it, then you know, just like to help Benny out, kinda, and yeah. Benny and Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, then I ended up, um, you know, fucking joining the band pretty much. I was at the pub one night and they were playing, and then I think I'd played in the band before. Or something I don't really remember, and then I ended up playing with them on stage, but I didn't know the songs, and I really hope there's no proof of that out there. <laughs> was that that must have been such a sick feeling being in a band, or you know, being friends with someone where you're like, oh, your songs are fucking great. You know, I'm 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 buzzing to be around this even. Yeah, well, that's like the, more or less the only reason you should do stuff is if you if you're interested in it. You know, you know what I mean. But like people just fucking forget mm-hmm. that or don't do don't you know. But um. Yeah, at the start, I was just like, whoa, that's so sick. And then I wanted to, um, yeah, but they were a two-piece, didn't have a bass player, and then I was already playing bass in another band, so I guess that's maybe how it happened. But, yeah, once we started touring, we'd, you know, we'd have to have, like, a week off work, and, you know, you were talking about, like, um, you know, that ju- that jump from, like, being, you know, someone that has a job and then someone that plays in a band or, like, you notice that that's a big thing. I think that was, like, a big... Um, I think it was a big inspiration for Benny to um for for our latest album rehearsal. That's actually like mm. a um a quote that this guy that he knew uh he was Benny was working in a beer factory and this guy you know Benny was like worried he was going to lose his job because we kept you know run, running off and doing these shows and having to you know call up and say he can't come in or whatever. And then this guy who was like he'd worked there for ages, he was just an older dude, sounds like a, he was an older wise wise guy and then he just told Benny that uh he said this is no rehearsal you know just do do you know you can come back and work in the beer factory later you know you should probably go right. and like pursue playing in this band because we'd started getting more and more gigs but yeah that's such a good story that's why the album's called rehearsals because what that guy said to Benny and I guess because it's our second one our, our second album and at this point it, you know we're not practicing anymore it seems like it's where um we should be able to do it by now, you know. And you know that's it's going to mean a lot of things to a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And for me, that thinks you know makes me think of. I guess I was sort of taught 
growing up that you know there's a an element of doing something you want to do you know quote unquote fake it till you make it and i said that on one of these podcast episodes you know six months ago now and and whoever you know whoever i was speaking to i forget who it was they were like nah fuck that you know it's about practicing it you know you just practice mm. you just, you know you think of what you want to do and practice or, or you know I, th- I think a lot of people a lot of people our age i'm 30 i just turned 30 on thursday a lot of people my age are like i don't fucking know what to do because you're told from a young age oh you can do anything you want man and then it's like oh no it's actually what do i want to do <laughs> i don't know i think a lot of young people struggle with that yeah definitely um you know that sounds like uh, when B- Benny made that decision to instead of because I think he was thinking of stopping playing in the band, you know, and just like d- working in the beer factory. But um, you know, it sounds like that was the moment wow. where he sort of decided that he's gonna he's gonna do that. For, but for me, I kind of just I just kind of coast and I just do stuff that I want to do and have never really thought much about um, um, you know, fucking. I don't know. It just keeps on, it just keeps on um, rolling out in front of you. And I just want to keep. I just want to do things that I'm interested in. Not to say that I don't. You know, I haven't. I will work for money, <laughs> but like I, I don't yeah. want to. Um, yeah, I don't want to like just set a real rigid path for myself. Or like, I think there's an element where like people kind of um, become preoccupied with maybe one idea, and with with that comes an element of you want to be able to control your yeah. future and obviously that's not the way it works right mm. yeah definitely i, I think because uh, i'm happy birthday by the way man oh thank you very much i'm lucky like a lot of my friends and not, and just you know of creative people and they don't really have that expectation for you, like, I don't have any pressure or anyone saying, you know, hey, Tobes, you better stop playing in your little band next year or something. Or if someone did say that to me, I just, yeah. like, wouldn't fucking listen anyway. I've just always, um, I think that free that there's freedom in, you know, you can be whoever you want to be. Like, just do, just, you are, mm-hmm. like, if you're doing creative stuff and it's, and it's making you happy, then that's good. And if you, and if you, if you don't, want to do that anymore and you just want to work that's like good as as well like if you want to just do a labor job it's all just like yeah. whatever's making you feel happy you know day to day i think and something that that will keep you um you know level headed enough to enjoy life i think one of the most interesting things about you know playing music playing in a group is that you know you, you are kind of um relying on each other to help keep the balance, you know, to help like keep the thing upright. I mean, have have you, have, have you guys had some, you know, have, you know, speaking about that with, with Benny's job, did you have any sort of serious conversations about that stuff? Um, I think there was times where I don't remember any serious conversations, but there was times where I could tell like, you know, Benny wasn't feeling it or Johnny also, you know, it's just like, it's a huge commitment to, to play in a band and um they were having to put push aside their work you know I feel like I always you know I didn't rock up to like a few gigs and stuff because I'd be overseas or you know but then when it came down to it um 
than if I was back and there was a good gig, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of weird dynamic because I would be away, but then I'd come back and I'd be like, oh, we should do that gig or whatever. I don't know. There, there was, there was probably a time where, you know, where I think um, it was decided that we were going to make it um, more of a priority. It's such a hard juggling mm. act when you when you're working, and you you know, especially if you're working for someone to to like put it aside. Yeah, totally. I wish I remember had like a more, um, like I wish my memory was better so I could. <laughs> Because I know there was there was some talk about this. <laughs> but I guess we must have just we must have chosen the the band path because yeah. I mean, it's funny because three years ago, my own mess, you know, debut record, debut album, that was number two, and that's three years ago. It just seems to me it's 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 funny to me that you know that's that would seem like such a success. You know, after that, were you was there an element of of the three of you being like? yeah let's do this yeah most definitely we toured really hard and um made the most of like every opportunity we to we were gone like every you know every fucking weekend of the year i think the 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 two years after that pretty much so um yeah yeah we definitely went for it um we were trying really hard before that as well like we've always anyone in a band has to do that pretty much if you if you want to um get to a you know it's a cool opportunity so i think we definitely went 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 right in for it i suppose is it like sort of a a, seeing something is is going in the right direction and and keeping on that path Mm, it's hard to know sometimes though you know long tours in europe and everyone's sick and everything seems to suck and there was even like times like just before that we'd had a couple of shows and I remember like going to one play one show up in North Queensland and then we run out of money up there and just been like, Oh, this is fucking great. went to the, um, the great barrier reef and it like all seemed to be dead. And we're just like, Oh, this is grim. This sucks. You know, <laughs> we're like broke on the Fuck. fucking broken reef. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> I, I, I always wonder if like, you know, when you get like a number two chart position, obviously that's, that's fucking sick, but it's it's not everything, is it? Nah, not not at all. Um, nah, I think out of um, not that we're not grateful for for that. That means heaps of people were listening and uh, to the record and bought the record. But I feel like we would be give um not much of a fuck in comparison to um a lot of other musicians and things, just because that's not ever been the reason that we've we have did it <laughs> people yeah, set goals no, like that like we, we've never would never can even consider that to be a driving force in what what we what we um did and i th- feel like that's why we've been around for a while now is because we always try to keep that mentality of like we're just doing this because it's what we want to do and um we're not trying to do it to be to be popular or um you know for any other reason other than you know, like we were saying at the start, because it's fun, and um, yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. us feel feel good. But um, yeah, it's definitely it's nice to see. Um, what would you call that? Like a milestone? What is? What would you call that? I don't know. 
an accolade or something. It's nice to get some sort of yeah, get a trophy <laughs> to because um <laughs> accolades are good word yeah because it's it's rare that you you get any um in a band other than the, the um the the noise from the crowd you know and I fucking for real been, I missed that you know I realized I had a real bad come down after being on tour nonstop for for all those years and then. And then sitting inside and then realizing that it wasn't happening anytime soon. I was like, oh, this is crazy. I want to fucking do a show so bad. But then kind of got over it and just realized I had to wait. (laughs) The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I mean, I suppose, you know talk about kind of um i guess rewards or accolades is that like you, know, you say that you know when you hear the noise of a crowd that's like probably the most instant thing mm. you can get from people understanding or relating or feeling you know your music yeah that's the my, uh, my that's something that i've like wanted to be able to do more than than um anything it's one of my earliest memories is like um standing in the backyard like um, I don't remember. I guess I would have had my guitar, or maybe I was just like air guitaring. But then, like, just visualizing, like playing a gig in my head. The gig only had like yeah. two hundred people there, and that was like would have been the biggest deal like ever. And like to have been lucky enough to be in this band and have done it like probably thousands of times. It's um, yeah, yeah. That's like a proper dr- proper dream come true for me. And you know, when you're when Skeggs is on Triple J or something, you know, when you're gonna be on an interview across the whole country yeah it's fucking nerve-wracking you know just anything to to yeah it's a little bit scary you just don't want to sound like a fucking idiot <laughs> you don't want to say the wrong thing you know <laughs> you, you want to make sure like i don't know it's just it's it's kind of sucks that it has to be like you know everyone's so self-conscious when they're it's just nerve-wracking <laughs> being interviewed but like we're all real private private people but like you know to to us to to a degree like but for sure mm. i'm happy i i'm i'm happy like when pe- people come up to me and stuff that doesn't that doesn't trip trip me out i just don't want anyone like um i don't know <laughs> do you still get nervous having those radio interviews yeah for sure yeah um <laughs> But they're pretty easy. That's the thing. I don't know why you get nervous. It always it's always fine. But yeah, whenever I get nervous for everything, my resting state's just nervous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up in the morning and it's the first feeling, <laughs> and it's the last one when I'm laying in bed. Too. <laughs> but it's funny because when you're listening to an interview with like a band, you like, you know, kind of whatever you say, everyone's gonna be like, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> no one's listening that like you know that that hard no one's hanging on your every word like that you know <laughs> yeah, yeah for real for real yeah. for real I, I get nervous do you get nervous like what, what, um like when you've interviewed um 
some rock stars and stuff. Do you get do you get nervous? You know, I'm nervous now interviewing a rock star right oh, now. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do for the first few minutes because it's like, well, you know, it's like anything. You know, I feel like meeting anyone. I even if it's someone I've just down the pub for the first time. I think there's a little, always a little bird on my shoulder being like you're a dickhead mm. <laughs> you know what I mean to me you know thinking I'm a dickhead yeah but you, you're not and it's so maybe it's just normal it's just regular I think it's totally normal and I think like a part of me wants to believe that you know that little buzz that you get is is really important because it's like a rush isn't it? Yeah. it's like it's actually like and it ends up being a good feeling yeah for sure it doesn't really end that, does it? No. <laughs> There's no like, okay, yeah, I'm good. I'm good at this now. It's not like a, you know, you're at the beer factory and you know how to can a beer. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I get nervous. I still um, get really, ner- really nervous before um, every show. Like the first show back, I was so right. nervous that usually, like you said, the first couple of minutes of doing an interview or something for me playing a show, the, it's usually the first couple of songs I'm like a bit on edge. But then after that, it goes away, yeah. and then it's just it's just a good feeling. But the first show back, I um I was nervous the whole time, and I was still nervous when I got backstage. I'm like, was that good for what happened just then? <laughs> I just like yeah, I just yeah. fucking um time traveled, and then ended up backstage, and I was like, why am I still nervous? I was dead sober as well. That's not normal, but like it was the first show back, and it was a drug and alcohol free event all ages events so that we weren't allowed to have booze backstage i'd had a few beers but it was like wasn't i wasn't um yeah buzzed feeling like how i usually would yeah do you do you get that thing where you know you, you play a show and you think that you you haven't played well but actually everyone's like oh toby that was sick yeah that happens pretty much every show because <laughs> there's always going to be some person that's, <laughs> Um, that tells you that that was good and then you're like oh but what about like third song in when I fucked that one bit up or something like no one notices that shit but yeah I feel like as a um here you go I'll call myself a musician as a musician (laughs) (laughs) yes here we got it (laughs) um (laughs) you you know you're always gonna be your um, biggest critic and stuff so yeah but no one cares that's the thing when I go to watch a band I just want when I go to watch a band I just want to um, see them having fun and mm-hmm. you know it to be some like audible to some extent yeah you're really not looking out for fucking people's mistakes are you and if you if you are then you're probably a dickhead I like a mistake I like a mistake here and there and then like a yeah a redemption yeah yeah <laughs> totally I mean I like listening to the radio and someone messing up you know mincing their words or something yeah but then when I do that I hate myself for it yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah you know you can't you kind of can't win. Um, you just got to relax, right? I mean, all of this stuff, it just makes me think there's there's a lot of this like emotional energy, you know, aside from the actual physical work and all the phone calls and all the emails and all the practices and the conversations, you know, there's so much emotional energy about that. I mean, is there a way that, do you have any kind of methods of like pulling back from that? And, you know, have you got some friends that you'd ring up or or, or a particular thing that you'd do to just chill chill out? Yeah, I just stop going on the phone and um, that's usually what I do because the if you feel like there's too much expectations and or like um, too much going on and you're, you know, it can be a bit overwhelming sometimes, I think. Um, I, I, yeah. Just, just anything. Social media is so fucked. I, 
I just want to fucking throw my phone away like all the time. <laughs> but um, for real, yeah, I don't know. I reckon that's a good one. Delete the phone, the app off your phone for a bit. But yeah, I I call friends that are also if it's like band related stuff that's sort of wigging me out. Um, I just call friends that are in in bands and you know, and everyone goes through the same sort of stuff that's hard about being in a band like so you can just talk if you could just talk to anyone about it yeah and that's the go that's a good one I mean I you know times in my life I've definitely thought you know I'm just gonna think this over a million times and try and come up with a solution by myself yeah that's never what that never works it doesn't does it no I once was so rattled I went to um a psychologist for a couple months because I was just tripping on a bunch of stuff, but just like that helped like almost immediately, you know, like after a couple of times going, going there of just like you were saying, like over, overthinking or whatever. I reckon if you, if it gets to a point where you, you know, you can tell that it's affecting you, who you are, then that's what you should also just do that. Like get, prof, pro, like go and suss professional help. I don't think there's any, um, yeah, you know, there shouldn't be any stigma like with having to do something like absolutely. that. Yeah. Absolutely. It's hard to pull that trigger. It's hard to make that call, isn't it? Yeah. but it's, See, that's what, why is it? You know, I don't get why it is. When I went there, I'm like, fuck, I should have come here like years ago <laughs> because yeah. those yeah. like explain the, the reason that you're feeling the way that you are and like, you know, try and get to the bottom of it. And then usually, and it's just so normal to, to, for most, you know, to, to, to get, if you get to a level like that or you are playing in a band and that's why there's, um, yeah, there's, there is, it's, you look at the stats for, um, people that have mental health issues, especially in the music industry, like people, people that play in bands and whatnot. It's like, it's real crazy. It's like more than half or something, you know? So it's, yeah. 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 So I just reckon just try and figure it out, figure, figure out your, your, your qualms, <laughs> your problems. <laughs> I think like qualms is a brilliant word, by the way. <laughs> I think like for, for me, it was, it was like before I went to counseling a few years ago and I was touring a lot, you know, leading up to that, um, which probably exacerbated the whole thing is that like, I wanted to, I'd so, I'd see people around me and I'd be like, Oh, they're dealing with it. Fine. You know, they're dealing with growing up being early mid twenties fine you know i want to be normal you know what i mean i think that was my thinking and i was wrong to think that yeah um yeah totally the, because yeah it's it, it is normal to to get bummed out and stuff and if it reaches a point where you're like okay this is actually affecting what i'm actually doing every you're fucking human you need to you need to make that call and you need to find something that little bit extra to help you mm. yeah and it could be anything as well you could try i obviously tried heaps of stuff before before making that call, but in, um, you know, looking back on it, I, I wish, um, I'd gone and just faced the fact that I did need to be having like those sessions and stuff before earlier. Yeah. Cause it would have made me feel better yeah. earlier because I realized that I wasn't a fucking freak, you know, there's, it's normal to, to mm-hmm. have anxiety and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and your friends as well. That was like the thing for me. I like was just too bummed out to be around. Like people wouldn't want to hang because it wasn't fun, <laughs> you know, because I was too yeah, sad yeah. or something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 
you know, if if you if you can get that help, I I recommend you do. Some of my best friends are like real pessimistic, um, just um, fucking like always angry at everything. People, I some I just sometimes yeah. think that's funny, you know. But it depends, like if if there is yeah. like a little bit of humor in it, I I kind of like that too, you know. <laughs> I don't want everyone around me to just be walking around going like, yeah, everything's sweet. Oh, this is great. Like, you know, I don't fucking want to hear all that either at the same time. But I just mean like, you know, in a, on a deeper level of, um, you know, trauma and things, you should get, you should sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Comedy and everything. You got to laugh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I like some, like my, I don't know, but a mate of mine who, who like tours a lot, like just some of my favorite conversations with him are just talking about like how fucked things have been on tour, like um, <laughs> before, you know, like just being in like the absolute, yeah. like it, on the day seems like the end of the world situation, you know, and a lot of, like, yeah, yeah, and just like, la- and just laughing about that shit. But in, in real totally. time, some, some, that, you know, that can catch up with you. <laughs> It's fucking rough on like, you know, a Euro tour in the winter and you just, you just not prepared with the right clothing. Oh. That's the fucking. Oh yeah. The, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you've got the. That's fucked me the, up. The real bad flu. <laughs> some, some tours are better than others too. <laughs> you know, we've did the same run in Europe a few times and there's definitely been one tour that was just like, was just a breeze and everything seemed like so easy. And then other times where it's just like you just have no idea how you're going to be on a stage that night. <laughs> but in hindsight, I really like, you know, it's all seems like I would fucking love to do that shit right now because we haven't toured or anything for so long, but um, yeah. And naturally touring is going to be up and down. You're going to have some fucking wacky times. Like, you know, like you said just then, I mean, how, how do you, do you, how do you deal with that? How, how do you as a group deal with that Skeggs? Like, you know, when, when the fucking shit hits the fan, you know, are you pretty good at dealing with that or? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like you say, it depends where your head's at at that point in time or like how much you have been partying. And um, the my friends, um, the June Rats guys, they, I don't remember, like one of their early tours, they said this thing like when you're having a gutty, like when you're having a gutful, you just sort of try not to have that <laughs> or like you sort of make a joke out of it as soon as you see someone starts to turn you sort of call them out and be like oh look you're having a gutty like so you try and keep yeah, morale yeah. high but um yeah I'm, I'm not sure how we deal with it we probably just fuck up and drink it drink, try to drink it into <laughs> <laughs> drink it into the ground which never works <laughs> I think it's hard when you're on tour with with someone who just doesn't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, and like a couple of times they'll be like, oh, you look like you're having a shit day. Yeah. And, and then that will never, it just doesn't go down well. Mm. <laughs> How's the different like levels you know? in, in, a, in a van or something too? You know, some person will just have their headphones on and then you'll be trying to DJ mm. and you're like laughing and shit. And then you realize that everyone else is just like <laughs> fucking over it. And you're like, oh shit, my, my energy is like way too high for everyone right now. I'm probably, I reckon I've been so annoying on some tours like just being too fucking jovial and a bit like drunk in the morning still like in the van and stuff just like yeah i'm like yeah, yeah just, brilliant. just cranking rap music real loud kind of that dickhead <laughs> love it <laughs> love it love it looking at you know filming and surfing you know is that something that you that you think a lot about you know now or do you think you'll you'll look at it more in the future you- um yeah i'm still gonna do that never really i never really 
fully stop doing doing it you know and i think my yeah um thing i do is just try and keep myself like heaps busy uh, like doing that you know i like having i like being having enough stuff that it has to i have to do it all day and then sometimes it'll i'll have to keep doing it into the night and then <laughs> and, you know yeah that way I, I don't know might be some sort of weird um i don't know coping mechanism or something <laughs> but um for real it, that yeah. that's the thing that gets you excited yeah i like just like doing that i like doing creative stuff so i just but yeah i'm making a new surf video now for, for the for rage and um Fuck yeah. oh yeah but like over a year i don't want to rush it i just want to like just and then yeah pr- hopefully tr- uh, when um we tr- treat that whole thing like the um you know like it it is kind of just like a band anyway because when we finish a movie we'll go and tour it everywhere and then get some friends bands to play mm-hmm. and um and have like screening screenings at pubs and clubs and you know, yeah, parks yeah. and shit so yeah hell yeah but um yeah working on new tunes and got a couple of skegs gigs stay busy <laughs> fuck yeah is that something you've done before when you've released films go on those kinds of tours yeah 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 i've done it a couple of times yeah we did a tour with um i made this like movie which is just an independent sort of like feature feature length surf film that was a sci-fi kind of like fucking weird video where we were like the guys were meant to be from the future. It was just basically the dumbest idea that we could have think, uh, thought of in one day and then just stuck with it <laughs> filming for a year and then toured it around Australia. But then, and Skeggs played on that tour as well. And then we also, we brought it to America and then we toured it around America with, and that, that was, was like nuts. the first time that Skeggs went to America was, um. so we'd play like my surf video and then we'd do the shows. <laughs> that's mental i hadn't ha- i haven't heard of that sort of thing happening before i love that yeah yeah it's kind of cool um it's cool because like all my friends that were in the surf video got to come as well and we'd just you know um just have a fucking a real real fun party in australia we we like got everyone in a in a bus and had a trailer with the projector and stuff and then just drove around it's like real good fun but yeah that's um that's that's what we're gonna do again probably next summer hopefully all the pubs are open and it's all sweet do you know what's cool about that is that it's just like another it's like an interesting side to the whole to the whole thing to the whole operation yeah yeah it is different for sure there was like but that's um also kind of how i got into not how i did but how like my older brother and stuff got into um you know that into punk and stuff is from old surf videos yeah. where he's playing like real fast punk tunes and um that's how they found out like about in australia like that's how a lot of people old like the generation just older than me got into that sort of stuff so i don't know i thought it's kind of cool i've i've been lucky like obviously making surf films and stuff for companies before i've been able to like pay some of my friends bands to to get tunes and yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of I really like making the videos um because it's it seems like a collaboration to me, between me and like some of my friends bands when I get to use their tunes. Also just an extra sort of realm of um creativity as well. If I want to make sounds, I can do it for the videos and it just seems like there's there's not really many um um rest- restrictions on how fucking creative you can get with it. For real. Mm. Are you quite good at the sort of um 
the sort of partnership and the business sides of it. I mean, because because you know, my own mess was released on Warner's, right? Yeah, that makes me think you must be pretty good at that sort of stuff. Nah, nah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. No, I don't think. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think so. Um, with, with the Warner thing was like, um, June June rats. They they um they had a label it was on Ratbag Records which was like a imprint of Warner and then I think they just put that out on Warner like I think we're on Warner for like a year or something just Warner Australia but um yeah got our manager Gerg he sort of does like more business the talking to record labels and stuff that kind of shit what about the rage stuff like oh yeah distribution shit oh yeah um. Dude, pretty shonky business. Like we set it up ourselves. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can do all that kind of thing. It's, but it's like customer service and stuff. You might have to wait like a day or something until we reply and shit. It's not it's <laughs> distribution. We got it set up like so. We've got a warehouse um that's just ships it out for us, like a th- third party logistics th- um thing. You know, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. but. Yeah, that's all stuff you can do. It's just like boring shit. But um, it's definitely worth it, I reckon, so, to have something that you can, you know, that's that's completely your own. With with that sort of logistics side of it, does it feel like a big operation? Is it a big operation, Rage? Nah, no, no, no. It's still real DIY and, you know, like Bo, who's like one of the surfers, he, he'll still be like screen printing the the like hoodies and stuff down the road and then we just ship it down. No, uh, nothing, nothing around here seems like too much of a, of a corporation. <laughs> are you, are you still in Byron now? Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of in the, in the countryside a bit or. Yeah. 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 Just like out in the hills a bit. Um, Benny right. lives over the way towards the beach and then Johnny lives like out in the, out in the bush. The bush TV videos. Um, we filmed that at Johnny's house. Get pissed and drive a car in a field. I like that. <laughs> we were dead sober. <laughs> you look like you're having fun. <laughs> All right. Well, Toby, that yeah, thanks so much again. I really appreciate your time. It's awesome. And the, and the record sounds amazing. Hey, thanks, man. See you later on. So there was Toby from Skeggs. Go ahead and listen to rehearsal right now. Go and buy it. Go to their website or their band camp and pick up some merch. I know they've been doing a deal that might be over now. Not sure. But new episode this weekend with Tyler from Luca Brasi. Tune in if you fancy it. For now, here's Cox Barrow. I've been working all day, got me mate on the side. Running around like a blue ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day, got me mate. Every blink of me, I've been on the go. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.